This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, my little crime hunters. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I have a brilliant guest for you. It is Sean Burke. He is of Sean Burke Show on Instagram, on TikTok. I'm sure you know him for his brilliant, brilliant sketches. Sean is very, very funny, very, very smart and just a lovely guest to have on. It's a really interesting story as well. So I hope you're going to enjoy it. Sean is also uh, on a TV show at the moment, which is just getting rave reviews. It is absolutely gas. It is called No Worries If Not on RT and it is also available on the RT player for any of our international listeners. And he is one of a rake of hilarious Irish comedians on this TV show. So we've got Justine Staff. Emma Doran, Killian Sunderman, Michael Fry, and of course, Sean Burke. Well worth checking out when you're done listening to this episode. If you have enjoyed Crimeland, I would love if you could recommend us to a friend. I am always getting DMs from people who tell me that a friend recommended Crimeland to them. And you know what? It makes my heart burst. Forget the internet. Recommending to a friend is how we are going to grow this little community of Crimelanders. So I really, really appreciate it. And without further ado, here's your episode. Enjoy. My name is Julie J and this week I'm talking to the brilliant Sean Burke about John Wilkes Booth and the killing of Abraham Lincoln. Sean, do you know what I love? I love the fact that I got that intro just so (laughs) spot on straight away. Yeah, only one take as well. Uh, That's what (laughs) if anybody takes from this episode, that's what they should take. You don't need any rehearsal whatsoever. There's no 
rehearse work. There's no script required, Sean, over Not here. Sean, thank you so much for doing this. Just, you know, in case you think I'm incredibly rude, I do do a little kind of obituary for my guests at the start, but I record it when they're not here because let's face okay. it, we're Irish. Nobody yeah, needs yeah. to hear the good words. So I will do a really gushing intro and I'm going to insert that at the end in case you think I'm a really terrible host. <laughs> so, so, Sean, who the hell are you? No, that's that's really considerate of you, actually, because I, I keenly observe that is torture to an Irish person to be forced to sit through and listen oh. uh, to endless compliments. Honestly, I can't think of anything worse. Well, do you know what's so funny? Because I, uh, in Edinburgh, we were just chatting about Edinburgh there. One day somebody said to me, you know, this really lovely audience member said, can I just ask why you don't do meet and greets at the end? But for Irish people, I just can't imagine anything worse. Like, I am just standing there when everyone says really enjoyed it, really enjoyed it. I mean, what do you say to that? I'd have to just turn around and say, I hate myself. Like, I just couldn't handle that. (laughs) You'd just be arguing with people like, no, you're wrong. No, no. No, it was awful. It was shit. I'm sorry. Also, the idea of a meet and greet implies that I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. People definitely want to come and talk to me. You know, that also feels like a step too far. I'd be like, oh, I've wasted so much of your time already. I'll just leave. You know, it just it feels like, no, not in my nature. It does feel a bit presumptuous. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I just, you know, I'm doing a meet and greet. <laughs> <laughs> I presume you want to hear more. No, that's not how we do it. <laughs> no. Oh, guys, I'm going to, Sean, if it's OK, I'm going to dive mm-hmm. right in. How does that sound? And thank you so much for being my guest today, by the way. I'm just so thrilled to have you on. My absolute pleasure. By all means, dive right in. I can't wait to hear more. Diving right in. So as Will Smith once sang, born in Bel Air, Maryland. So this is a different Bel Air. This is the one in Maryland. Did you watch The Wire, by the way, Sean? As I was reading through this again, Mm -hmm. obviously in preparation for the podcast this morning, every time I see the name Maryland, I just think of The Wire. Really? Yeah, I didn't. You know, it passed me by, or at least, well, I was probably... I, can't, I don't know when it Go on, say it, Sean. I was probably too young when it first <laughs> aired on down. I'm sorry, okay? I can't help when I was born. Oh, you know <laughs> but, what? Okay, the listener, there's no visual, but my fist is literally <laughs> in my mouth here. Quite literally. No, but that's fair enough. I, I would say it's one that I think it stands the test of time really well. So it's not, not a nice little box set to get into if you fancy it. Yeah. But that is set in Baltimore, Maryland. So this is Bel Air, Maryland, not too far away. Okay. And John Wilkes Booth was um, born into this family uh, in the 19th century. And he was supposed to be really charismatic, really handsome. And he was a member of a famous acting family. So this acting family were, I guess, like they were kind of a Hollywood acting family before Hollywood was even a thing as such. Mm-hmm. So they were really bright stars of American theatre. Um, John was the ninth of 10 children born to his legendary father, who ironically was called Junius Brutus Boots. And of course, the irony being that he was named for the Roman senator Junius Brutus, the man who assassinated Julius Caesar. Okay, I mean, (laughs) what did they see in that baby? This baby is going to betray someone someday. Can we think of any famous traitors? 
I mean, Brutus, even the name, it just, I feel, yeah, they knew something was coming down the line. <laughs> so the dad, Brutus, was a member of this theatre hall of fame in, in the States and is widely considered to be the greatest tragic actor in the first half of the 19th century. His name and face were known around the world. And then the, he had another son. So this would have been Sean's brother, Edwin. And Edwin was also a really, really famous actor. Um, he would have been in the Hall of Fame and also was considered to be the greatest Shakespearean actor of the second half of the century. So this family were wow. kind of like, I guess you could say they were definitely a big deal in terms of American arts. Like they were, you know, they were they were quite well known. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like many like Americans, John became obsessed with mounting tensions around the country in relation to slavery. So he became he was he became really, really obsessed with this issue, because, of course, this was a very tempestuous time in American history. And we'll get to that in a, in a moment in terms of the context. But he even joined a Richmond. So Richmond, Virginia, of course, um, he joined a white militia in Richmond, Virginia, so that he could watch the execution of John Brown, who was an abolitionist who tried to incite a slave uprising in 1859. So it's safe to say that John had some very extreme political mm-hmm. views. Now, For a bit of context, Sean, Mm -hmm. the American Civil War, of course, was fought between the United States of America and the Confederate States and the Confederate States being a collection of 11 southern states that left the Union in 1860 and 1861. The conflict began primarily as a result of, of course, a longstanding disagreement over the institution of slavery. Mm -hmm. The central issue dividing the North and the South was slavery, with the Confederates looking to preserve slavery while the union in the north moved towards its abolition. Abraham Lincoln, of course, heralded the necessity for its abolition and hence why he drew the ire of the Southern Confederates. Now, I have to confess, confess, and this is really, really terrible maybe to admit this as I, given the, the topic that we're doing for Crimeland. I did not actually watch Daniel Day-Lewis's Lincoln. Did you watch that, Sean? I did actually watch that. Yeah, I remember it very clearly. Um, it was very solemn, slow movie. And he did a very Daniel Day-Lewis voice. You know, he was like, I am uh, Abraham Lincoln. And it was something like that. Um, <laughs> because that's what he does. He picks a crazy voice and he sticks with it. That's a secret. He does do. And I wonder in terms of like, you know, obviously Daniel Day, he's very Gaiety School of Acting. Shout out to all my Gaiety School of Acting heads out there. (laughs) Is he still making shoes in Italy? What's he up to these days? (laughs) Like, oh, basically whatever he wants, I guess. He said he retired, didn't he? Well, I'm he did sure say, he'll come back. Yeah. Do you remember something? he retired and he was making shoes in Italy? And then Martin Scorsese found him and said, please do the gangs of New York. And he came back, for, I think, for that. Was but I that? just always laugh because imagine like you're walking down the streets of Rome. I'm sure he wasn't in Rome, but wherever he was. And you break a heel, your little kitten heel goes and he says, you know what? There's a cobbler's right here. I'm just going to get this heel fixed. And it's Daniel J. Lewis. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that would be. I mean, it'd be a nice memory from the holiday. I'd it would. Say. And and P.S. Kitten Heels. I honestly, I have such an aversion to Kitten Heels. I really think they could make a horror film just about Kitten Heels because they're neither here nor there, Sean. Uh, I can't. I'll be honest. I don't know what Kitten Heels are, but you know what? I'll agree with you. Just You know what? You're better it. off. You're better <laughs> off, Sean. It's basically, you know, those tiny. Keep an eye out for them, Sean, because I'm okay. sure there's a lot of them floating around London. Mm-hmm. They're those tiny little heels. 
Yeah. Is it a heel? Is it not a heel? Who knows? It's a kitten heel. Right. Okay. They're, they're, they're neither here nor there, like you say. Just need so to. So, Daniel Day, he did play Lincoln. I heard he was, I heard he was very, very good. I actually, you know, I, 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 I've heard that he could be a bit of a, a bit of a big actor maybe in the future, Daniel J. Lewis. Hot take there. Hot take I, you've there. heard it here first. I <laughs> think there's big things ahead for Daniel J. Lewis. Well, keep an eye out for the name Daniel J. Lewis, whether it's for fixing your shoes or for casting a movie. And also beware of kitten eels. So Abraham yeah. Lincoln, and my apologies, because we do have a lot of listeners in the States, and I'm sure no more than me saying I have my fist in my mouth. I'm sure they're <laughs> both fists are in their mouth. But I this is purely for like I think as I maybe things have changed with the history course, Sean. But I know when I was in school in Ireland, like we really didn't do much about American history. Mm. I, it was different for me, though, actually. Funnily enough, I, I'm so sorry to contradict you, but we now I did it for the leave insert, uh, which is like the last exams you do for your American listeners when you leave secondary school. And we had a whole book dedicated specifically to American history. But it was no from way. like, I think it was from like the 20th century, though. Uh, or maybe I can't remember. But well, was I was good. Do you know what? Sorry. Now you're spot on because I, uh, I I love that you did history for your leaving search. I also did history, loved mm. it as a subject. Um, mm. Hence why I'm doing crime land, yeah. I suppose. But I actually now that you say it, you're right. 20th century American history was a big thing. But 19th century Civil War stuff, I think, wasn't as much of a, of a focus for us. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like I'm pretty sure JFK was on the cover and I'm pretty sure there was like six chapters solely about the Vietnam War. That's all I remember from it. Yeah, but that's I guess, you know, that when I say that's the interesting stuff, you know, I don't want any of, um, you know, I don't want any of my confederates switching <laughs> off. But like, like, OK, from an outsider perspective, like, I mean, the whole Civil War thing, It when I see when I say it seems morally speaking, it seems to be fairly straightforward. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And mm-hmm. plus, I think the fact we didn't spend much time focusing on American history might be something to do with. Like we had our own shit going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of, of the other book we had was solely devoted to home rule in Ireland. And, and just, uh, yeah, a lot of, you know, a lot of 1798 fellas in cropped trousers with pitchforks. Like, you yeah. know, that was the vibe. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the Civil War seems fairly tame in, co- yeah. in comparison to, to really. all that we had going on. So Abraham Lincoln, and again, my apologies, this is really for... I guess the Irish history students like myself who skipped this chapter. Abraham Lincoln, of course, was a self-taught lawyer, um, legislator and very vocal opponent of slavery. And he was elected the 16th president of the United States in November 1860, shortly before the outbreak of the Civil War. He proved to be a really good military strategist and a very savvy leader. His Emancipation Proclamation paved the way for slavery's abolition, while his Gettysburg Address stands as one of the most famous speeches in American history. So I think it's safe to say, Sean, like he is, does seem to be an American president who is quite loved by American people. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely, he seems quite iconic and uh, kind of fabled in that way, like the stuff you were just talking about. Yeah. And with his top hat as well, he almost seems like a kind of almost mythical figure, you know. That is very true. Actually, the top hat, I don't, I, confessions, I don't even have those words in this 
story I wrote up. So well done. Thank How you. can we get through without mentioning the top? I think anyone who has a top hat, there's there's just a sense of occasion to them always. Yeah. I think it might even be something bigger than a top hat. I think there's another name for it because it's so tall. It I'm is. Thinking- it's it's like a bit a of a it, it it does it's a bit of a Willy Wonka hat. Isn't yeah, it? it is very much so. But hey, that was the style at the time. Listen, I prefer, give me a Willy Wonka hat to Kitten Heel any day. Is all I have to say. <laughs> so when the civil war broke out between Confederates and Union soldiers, John Boo- Wilkes Booth fell firmly on the side of the Confederate Confederacy. Though he never joined the Confederate Army, his mother begged him not to. He was a bit of a mammy's boy, by the way. So his mammy really kind of babied him quite a lot. So she begged him not to join the army. And he was like, "Okay, okay, I won't. Which kind of reminds me of, you know, when there is like a fight happening in a chipper and one fella saying, hold me back, hold me back. And you're like, (laughs) there's a bit of that. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're not going to do it anyway, so. Yeah, yeah, there's a bit of I would have joined the army, but my mom was like, don't do it. So I was like, OK, if you insist. But it, a whack of that off, John. Mm-hmm. He was still, you know, very obviously very much kind of an ardent Confederate supporter. And he publicly denounced the Lincoln administration on several occasions. Indeed, much of Booth's vitriol was saved for the president, Lincoln, he said, who quote, fancied himself a king. Lincoln's, quote, appearance, his pedigree, his low coarse jokes and anecdotes, his vulgar smiles, his frivolity are a disgrace to the seat he holds. And John wrote that in December 1864 in a letter. Nothing infuriated him more than what he saw Lincoln, when he saw Lincoln speak on the 11th of April, 1865. Then John was dismayed to hear that the president's, the president was suggesting that he might accept extend voting rights for black people. So this tells us a lot about the type of person that John Wilkes Booth was, because this is what really infuriated him. And he was heard saying this is the last speech he will ever make. So that was the quote. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Ominous. Yes. Ominous, Sean. Yeah. Foreshadowing. So foreshadowing indeed. Mm-hmm. So John launched a plan to not only kill Lincoln, but also to topple the whole union, union government. So he was going all the way with this. Oh, wow. Just three days after this speech, John sent killers, assassins to kill William Seward, who was the Secretary of State, and Andrew Johnson, the vice president. Lincoln, he decided he would kill himself. When he heard that Lincoln was due to attend the theatre in Washington, D.C., he saw this as an opportunity. Now, Washington, D.C., of course, as we know, Sean, um, was the Union capital during the Civil War. It was home to the United States government and was a base for Union Army throughout the war. Interestingly, which is something I never thought of until I was I was just um, researching this story, Washington, D.C. was the most strategic and vulnerable city in the Union during the Civil War because it was kind of sandwiched between the Confederate state of Virginia to the west and the border slave state of Maryland to the east, which is interesting. I never thought of it like that. Oh, right. But like its tactical position. Yeah, just that as in it was very much sandwiched between two states that were completely yeah. polar opposites in terms of their thinking on this issue, like that they were, you know, that they were worlds apart in that way. And mm-hmm. th- this was, of course, the Washington, the city itself, became the first emancipated city and the country's largest and most important magnet for freed and runaway slaves. 
So though John's co-conspirators failed, so the two lads who he had sent to kill the Secretary of State and the Vice President, they did not succeed. John Wilkes Booth had a very different outcome. So as the President, his wife and a young couple named Henry Rathbone and Clara Harris watched a performance of the comedy My American Cousin in a Box at Ford's Theatre, Washington, D.C., John Wilkes Booth crept up behind them. He waited until the audience laughed and then fired a shot into Lincoln's head. After wrestling with Rathbone, John Wilkes Booth jumped down into the crowd, crying six semper tyrannis, meaning thus always to tyrants and made his escape. Now, there's a few things to take away from this, Sean. First of all, I don't think this is doing anything in terms of getting people to the theatre. <laughs> No, this is, uh, this. I was already on the fence, but now knowing there's a chance of being shot in the back of the head. Yeah, I mean, I'm it's not, not ideal. It. And especially like when you've paid for the box, you know, yeah. you've paid for the box. Yeah, that's the worst. They paid for a, re- they really forked out for a good night, you know? Yeah, I just feel like whenever about getting shot in the stalls, but I mean, the box... Well, that's what, what yeah. that's what those lowly losers in the stalls deserve. You know what I mean? I mean, it's all they deserve. I'm going to go so far as to say it's all they deserve, Sean. <laughs> um, and also another, I think, a red flag. Uh, it's not one I encountered on Tinder, but I think it is one to just watch out for. Anyone who throws a bit of Latin out there. Mm. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. can we trust them, Sean? I'm not sure. Yeah, red flag is the word for it. And uh, I mean... It sounds like they're on a double date as well, which is a bit, you know. It's a, yeah, it's, there's, I'm not quite sure what's going on here. There is, yeah, yeah it's a double date vibe, which again, I feel, again, is this a generalization, Sean, but is there ever a happy ending to a double date? No. And this is the most extreme example of that, but, you know, should be a, a, a warning nonetheless. And I also, feel like with a double date, like someone's either, it's either ending in divorce or murder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was like really compacted version of the storyline, I guess, that that happened the same night of the double date. Also, what's to be said for the president's security? It's come on leaps and bounds since those well, days. It definitely has. I mean, I guess, you know, I, I suppose it has. But then when you think, I, well, I guess now obviously it was, a very, it was a very different setup. But JFK getting shot. Yeah. A hundred years later. I mean, that doesn't say a lot about the security either. Now, I know that was like a moving car. There were a lot of variables there. I mean, certainly now it feels like the security is is tight mm, certainly if you can just just the fact that he walked in though i'm sure he had to do well i don't know like can you just could you just go up well, and shake I, the president's hand in those days well i guess like i suppose that's a really interesting question like i mean he certainly would have had some kind of security mm. but like it's interesting i i they obviously didn't check for weapons or something going into the theater it was it was lax yeah. is what we're yeah. saying yeah yeah just tickets Outside of that, they weren't concerned. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Just checking, just checking the bags for popcorn. (laughs) You have to buy the popcorn here. Yeah, you can't bring in your own alcohol either. Come on, they have. That's where they make all the money. Your own gun, but not your own popcorn. That's fine, but that nagging next to it that has to go. Oh, the uh, the Al Nagans. You know what? I'm so excited this weekend. I'm spending some time with a friend of mine. I remember a few years ago, she got a very expensive um, 
bag in Brown Thomas, which again, for our American listeners, is a very fancy shop over here. And I remember going into the shop with her in the January sales and she was... (laughs) She was looking to change the bag. And her reason being was that she couldn't fit a nagging in there. <laughs> and the girl at the counter was like, oh, these these women have problems. I mean, she was probably right. But like, to be fair, you want to be able to squeeze in. I'm not saying you're going to bring a nagging, but mm-hmm. just in mm-hmm. case you did want to bring a nagging. Yeah, she knows what she wants. I respect it. So in his jump, in, so he jumps from the box down into the stalls and John jumped down and he broke his leg in the jump because that's what happens when you jump from a box into a stall. Mm -hmm. So nevertheless, he managed to evade the horrified crowd. So he kind of limps on out of there and he's got his horse waiting for him outside, which I think was the inspiration to the rubber band. It's big hit back in the day. (laughs) Oh, it all makes sense now. It's, It's all coming together, Sean. This is not an accident. None of this is an accident. I want you to know that. So John then rode out to Navy Yard Bridge where he convinced a guard to let him break curfew and leave the city because during the Civil War, there was a curfew where people had to be in at a certain time. Mm-hmm. But he comes along, convinces the guard to let him out and he gets out of Washington, D.C. From there, he meets up with one of his co-conspirators, David Herald. They make their way to Surrey's Tavern in uh, a place which is now called Clinton, Maryland. And they ask another conspirator, Mary Surratt, to leave them guns, binoculars and whiskey. Uh, Booth then asked me if he wanted to hear some news the bartender would later testify he said we have killed President Lincoln and Secretary Seward in fact neither Seward nor Lincoln were dead yet but while Seward who remember it was the Secretary Mm -hmm. of State he survived four days later while Harold and, and uh, while Harold and Booth were on the run, Booth became the most wanted man in America with an incredible hundred thousand dollar bounty on his head. Wow. And four days after them going on the run, Lincoln did pass away. So this was like huge news, of course. So we've got John Wilkes Booth, we've got his co-conspirator Harold. They're on the run, and a hundred thousand dollars in nineteenth century America is like a lot of money. Yeah. So they were just determined to get this guy. Mm-hmm. It sounds like, did they get him? Well, I'm on, I'm on hooks now. let us see. Is he so, still out there? No, they were. Because <laughs> <laughs> that reward He's is still, still out there. Big. Please be careful <laughs> in theaters. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So though they were helped by Confederate sympathizers throughout their journey, 
John's not happy. Okay. So they're kind of helped throughout their journey, but he's not impressed. He's obviously in pain because he has the broken leg. Now they had snuck off to a doctor who'd kind of set it for him, but he's still in pain with it. He's staying and I guess not staying is a bit of an exage, but he's camping out in forests and swamps. Federal troops are hot on their heels and he's failed numerous times to cross, cross the Potomac River. But more than that, what really pissed him off was friends who were Confederates, obviously, as well. They were bringing him newspapers and he saw that the media were really against him and were not talking of him as the hero he believed himself to be. So he thought the Confederates would kind of say, listen, this guy is a hero. And mm-hmm. the, they really very much were not saying that. And this annoyed him even more. So on the 23rd of April, himself and Harold finally made it across the Potomac River and into Virginia. The next day, they found a farm near Port Royal, Virginia. They told the farm's owner, Richard Garrett, that they were cousins and he agreed to let them stay the night. Though Garrett later claimed that he didn't know anything about the Lincoln assassination, something about the two guys unnerved him. They were just giving him bad vibes. So he Mm -hmm. said that, yeah, you can stay, but you have to stay out in the barn. So they had to stay out in the tobacco barn. Uh, In the early hours of the 26th, Union soldiers. So Union soldiers had gotten a tip off that the two lads were hiding out in this barn. They creep up on the farmhouse and both John Wilkes Booth and Harold, they wake up to the sound of dogs barking outside and obviously the sound of soldiers on the march. So they make to get away to do a legger, but Mm -hmm. then they realise to their horror that the Garrett's thought, so these farmers, this farming family thought that basically that John and Harold would rob them. So they had locked the barn doors so that they were basically trapped inside. Oh, yeah. Got him. Got him. Mm-hmm. So Harold is like, look, I think at this point the jig is up because we're trapped, we're locked in a barn, we're surrounded by soldiers. But John said, no, I want to go down fighting. So he shouts out to the soldiers. Now, at this point, the soldiers aren't 100 percent that they've got their men, mm-hmm. but they're fairly like they, they have had this tip and they think it could be um, John and Harold, but they're not 100 percent sure. So John shouts out to the soldiers, I've got but one leg. If you will withdraw your men in line 100 yards from the door, I will come out and fight you. So. They're delighted when they hear this because they know, of course, that Lincoln's killer has an injured leg. Mm -hmm. So when he says, I've only got one leg, they're like, yes, we've got our guy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a scuffle ensues and one of the soldiers ends up shooting uh, John, who dies five hours later. Now, they actually really, really did not want to shoot him. So they wanted it to be very much kind of a public punishment, public trial, public execution. But yeah. in the kind of, I suppose, you know, in the scuffle that he does end up getting shot. So he dies at 7.15 a.m. on the 26th of April, 1865, 12 days after he shot Abraham Lincoln. So during that period of time, this manhunt was on and all of America was just really obviously in this story mm-hmm. and waiting for news. Though John uh, John died on the 26th of April, the nation was forced to grapple with his crimes in the months and years that followed. On the 7th of July, his co-conspirators, conspirators, David Herald, who had been on the run with him and was in the barn that night, Mary E. Seward, Lewis Powell and George Atz... Okay, I said that perfectly. Moving on swiftly. George Atz, his friends. They were all hanged. 
and um, it was a public execution. Big crowds mm-hmm. came like this was something that people wanted to see. But the tragedy of the Lincoln assassination was felt in many ways. So his successor, the vice president, Andrew Johnson, had none of Lincoln's openness to expanding voting rights to black Americans. And, you know, very sadly, it just it just meant that, I guess, the case for abolition went a very different way. And mm-hmm. people really felt the reverberations of this crime in many ways. So the fact mm-hmm. that Andrew Johnson was not somebody advocating, you know, for voting rights and giving suffrage to black Americans had huge implications for American history. And Lincoln, of course, was very different on on that um on that massive issue. Mm-hmm. So John is buried and his family plot in Greenmount Cemetery in Baltimore, Maryland. And this is kind of funny, Sean. So over the years, the custom is that people leave pennies on his grave, which of course is the coin that ah. bears the likeness of Abraham Lincoln. Of course. So they leave pennies and it's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a two fingers to John Wilkes Booth, I feel. Mm-hmm. In a final, now I'm going to, I'm I'm just going to leave you on this note because I think this is a really interesting twist. In another strange twist, Sean, mm-hmm. in late 1864, or early 1865. So funnily enough, it was, so this would have been shortly before Obviously, this assass- assassination of Lincoln and all the rest. Yeah. So in a strange twist in Jersey City, Robert Lincoln, Abraham's son, yeah. uh, was kind of caught. And you know that kind of, you know that, that especially because you live in London, Sean, there's always this mad surge towards the train when the train stops and everyone's trying to get on. Mm-hmm. So Robert Lincoln was trying to get on a train and he actually fell off a platform, was kind of pushed off by the crowd and was most certainly going to be killed by an oncoming train when another man reached down, grabbed him by the coat collar and saved his life. This man would later turn out to be Edwin Booth, John's wow. brother. Yes. Whoa, what insane. That That's crazy. It, doesn't that give you the heebie-jeebies? So that, that yeah. you, you know, the brother I mentioned, he was this, you know, really famed, acclaimed uh, Shakespearean actor. Mm. He had no idea who Robert was when he saved mm. him, obviously. He just thought he was a guy who fell down. And at the time, Robert Lincoln was not only relieved to be saved from an oncoming train, but was also starstruck by the encounter because he <laughs> knew who Edwin was because Edwin was a famous actor. And he wrote to a friend. So this is Robert Lincoln writing to a friend. Upon turning to thank my rescuer, I saw it was Edwin Booth whose face was, of course, well known to me. And I expressed my gratitude to him and in doing so called him by name. Wow. And that is the mad story of John Wilkes Booth, the killing and also the killing of Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> it's, a, it's a mad twist, though, isn't it? At the end, I can see the heebie-jeebies. I know, yeah. It kind of evens the score as well. In a way, in that, uh, you know what I mean? Like one booth killed a Lincoln and another one saved a Lincoln. Um, well, actually, now that you think about it, that is just basic maths, isn't it? <laughs> it is. That's why you invited me on this show, I presume, for the Sean, basic maths. The reason I, you can't see this now, unfortunately, but Sean, I don't know if you've seen the film Goodwill Hunting, but Sean uh-huh. has a blackboard behind his head. <laughs> Oh, whoops! Oh, did I leave that there? Oh, how embarrassing! One of my well, it's been, it was theorems. it really helped me along. Thank you so much. It really helped. It kept me linear, Sean. Kept Cheers. me linear. Ah, you're welcome. 
Sean, can I just say you're an absolute gentleman and so, so funny. Can we just give your big TV show a shout out? It is oh, so yeah, brilliant please. if you haven't watched it already. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's called No Worries If Not. And uh, it is available internationally, which I find very exciting about it. So people are always asking because myself and the other cast members, were, we all have background in social media making yeah. sketches. So this is our first TV sketch show, which is very exciting for us all. Uh, but, you know, of course, we have a lot of international followers, too. Uh, you know, it's the way the Internet goes. But we can you can wear you can watch it wherever you are in the world. So it's, it's, on not, is it on, it's on RT player, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, you can even watch it live internationally. Uh, wow. So, yeah. So check it out. So RT player, I have to say, if you are looking for Irish comedy, it's a really exciting amalgamation of people. Mm-hmm. You've got the best brains in Irish comedy. I would really recommend checking it out. And that's on RT player. And of course, Sean, you're on the socials. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am indeed. You can find me at Sean Burke Show across all of them, basically, Twitter and Instagram. They're probably the two I use mostly. And I do have to say, I do think you are, dare I say, the king. You're the Abraham Lincoln of comedy (laughs) sketches, Sean. You're absolutely brilliant. So do check him out. His sketches will have you in literal pisses, especially if, like myself, you have given birth at some point. Like literal, (laughs) literal accidents happening left, right and centre. Sean, it's been such a pleasure. I'll talk to you soon. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Julie. This Thanks, is a blast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.